Welcome to the Side Action Podcast, the sports gambling show that covers everything in the world of sports betting from A through Z. We'll cover the four major sports as well as anything and everything in between worth some action and we'll increase the size of your bankroll. And here we go. Welcome to the Side Action Podcast, episode four of season three. My name is Jim Weglars, aka Wegs. You can follow me at Wegspool on Twitter and Instagram. And this is Steve Roberts, aka Action. You can follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts. Follow the podcast at Side Action Pod on Twitter. So, Action, uh, you know what happened last weekend? Any excitement? Uh, I'm sure you won some money. You're, you've been good at that so far. Yeah, well, a little date night on Friday night. There was no football going on, so we went out and checked out this new place here in Ferndale with some live music. Tom Petty cover band was playing last Friday. Sweet. That was enjoyable. And then had the tennis match with Jen and Ryan. So I wouldn't call it a match, but we usually just trade partners every set or so and then just play for fun. So that was enjoyable. And then. So there wasn't any money on the line. No, no gambling on the tennis. You know I would be down, but uh, some of the other partners in the group, not so much. <laughs> How about make... you? you well, as you know, uh, well, first of all, Friday night was fun. Uh, I did get to you know play a little volleyball, and then I went to View, which is a really cool uh, rooftop bar on the South Loop. Uh, it was a beautiful night. The weekend was great overall. Weather in Chicago was outstanding. And so that was just nice. One of my friends was back in town, and uh, – and we just kind of got some drinks. It was a nice spot. We ended up playing flag football on Saturday. They moved us to the afternoon league. When they say that, there's only four teams in the league. So they combined the two different leagues into one league of four teams. And the Shockers, were, uh, they, were a, they were a favorite. It was a young group of people. As you know, sometimes the youngsters are fast out there, action. But some savvy veterans were out there. Your cousin, uh, myself, uh, Rainmaker. Jimmy Zaronis, you know, you know, he's always out there. But we got a new guy. His name's Remy uh, that Janelle brought in. This dude is lightning fast. He got to play safety. I got to play corner for the first time in a while. And I'm a couple of picks. Should have had a pick six in the first play of the game. Let it go through my hands. But uh, you know, we ended up killing him 42 to 14. Rainmaker and I did make, we were up two scores going in the second half. I made an early line of um, shockers plus eight. Uh, because I thought, you know, they would come back. But in talking with him, we, we made it, you know, Shockers minus six, you know, minus six going in, and we ended up covering easily in the second half. So we, we dominated again in the second half. It was a good time. Um, did go to Renali's, and, of course, you know, your, I don't know what they would be, your, your I guess your second cousins, the little ones, uh, Mikey's kids, they were, they got them on some ice cream, and it was over. That They were rocking that place out, running all over the place, and, um so but anyway, it was a good time. And then in terms of betting, I didn't do so great, but that's kind of how it's been lately. You know, taking. I mean, I got the I got the Green Bay money line, but other than that, it was a tough day. Uh, we did pretty well in the contest. That's all that yeah. I really care about long term. So that's true. Yeah. Well, I mean, our our bankrolls are important too collectively, yeah. but uh, the contest is rolling on, and hopefully we can do a little deeper dive this week and pick out some winners for our personal bankrolls as well as the contest. Yeah, exactly. Let's make let's make some money here. So uh, the episode's really going to be heavy NFL again. That's all we're talking talking about in this podcast these days. So, you know, for, for all those NBA fans, yes, the finals are going on. But as you saw last night, the Lakers dominated. I think uh, it's over, Wags. <laughs> the Heat are in trouble. 
<laughs> I actually took the Pete and the money line last night just just you know for S and G's and uh, when I fought, watched the first quarter I'm like all right they're up 26-13 this is looking good the rest of that game they just got just destroyed it was it was ugly they have, they cannot keep them off the glass they they were like well minus 23 minus 25 on the glass so yeah not looking good not looking and- good. Now I hear that Bam is hurt and Dragic might have an injury that keeps him out for the rest of the series. So without those guys, I, I don't see how they're going to win a game. Yeah, plantar fascia tear, that's that's not good. He's not coming back. And Bam, what can you say? So that's the NBA element to the to the podcast. So Look at that. Just, we squeezed it in. We got it in. There you go, Melissa. That was for you. Um, well, anyway, not a legislative update, but kind of a COVID update. Uh, we end up, The NFL got struck by its first – situation that was COVID. We had, um, I guess, the Tennessee coach then eventually infected some players or something. Up to 10 Tennessee Titans who traveled to Minnesota tested positive after the game. There's a little bit of a loophole, as we talked about on a previous podcast, that they don't test the day of the game. So these guys tested positive and now are in this protocol period where they're basically postponing their game against the Steelers they were off the board early. We thought the Vikings and Texans might also be hit because the Vikings obviously encountered the Titans, but they're on the board right now and they're playing, aren't they, Action? Yeah, the latest I heard from Paul Charchian, who was on Follow the Money today, mentioned that the Vikings have all negative tests. So at this point, it doesn't appear that they picked up any cases, which is remarkable. If you, I heard that the Tennessee linebackers coach was actually infected or tested positive on Saturday of last week. And they still decided to play the game, which is just wild to me. Yeah, that seems like a mistake. (laughs) But, uh, you know, they they do the players. I thought it was supposed to be tested the day before. So maybe they tested negative at that time. But who knows? I mean, it's obviously who knows when those antibodies kick in and your body picks it up. I'm not really sure. I'm I'm not a health professional. You know, I'm just a a lowly, lowly bad gambler. well, let's talk about last week. It was a huge week again. Um, you know, just kind of go over the, the general numbers. We had only six home teams won last week. That was kind of a big, big news. Ten, ten road winners. But the, you know, basically the money was split down the middle. Favorites and dogs through the week, eight and eight. That's kind of unique. And then the, but the overs continued to cash at a positive clip. You know, they had nine overs to six unders. And I, I rated one push uh, in that. So, but still for the, and if you look at the the course of the first three weeks, it's been a it's been an over parade, hasn't it been? Oh yeah, it's incredible, and uh, these numbers just keep getting higher and higher. You've seen some totals come out this week that are at levels that we've never seen before, and right. uh, just makes you wonder if there's ever going to be some pullback here. You got to expect that it's coming. The hard part for us is to try and identify when that might be to come in on those unders. I personally don't think I could see myself playing any NFL unders right now. I know. I, I lost the under with the Patriots. Um, the one that, that I was going to maybe play that did hit, but I didn't end up playing it, was the, the one that went to overtime. And Philly and Cincinnati somehow uh, <laughs> they didn't hit the over. That was unique. Um, you showed on the season that we're home and road split exactly down the middle, 24 and 24, and as well as the favorites and dogs, 24 and 24. So it's really just the uh, the totals that are that are in play here. You seem to have maybe a reason why this could be that there's more scoring in these games. You, you've kind of identified some statistics that could point the, to the reason. 
Yeah, now 29 and 18 through three weeks to the over, and the teams are averaging higher point totals, 25.4 points per game, which is a two point higher than the next highest scoring season in 2013. Mm-hmm. And I saw earlier this week Rob Pozzola in the gambling Twitter sphere posted this little chart that indicates that it's the referees that are really causing this increased scoring just based on mm-hmm. their calling penalties. You can see here on this chart that all the listeners can see, obviously, <laughs> that uh, the penalties are down a little bit, uh, 11.8 per game. The last couple of years, it's been in the 13 and a half range. But it's really the number of penalties that benefit the offense that are really drastically different. False starts right. are way down. You've got offensive holding that's way down, 1.3 per contest, where last year's average was 2.3. and right. Offensive pass interference is down. Um, You've got defensive holding is down, interestingly enough. But the defensive pass interference is up this year, 1.44 per contest. So Mm. all these things just add up to more scoring. And I would be interested to see how the NFL views this. If they see this data coming through, surely they're watching it week over Mm -hmm. week. But I'm not sure if it's going to impact the games. It's something we have to discuss. Well, it's one thing that that could be factoring, at least with the false starts and maybe even the holes, is the, you know, the crowd noise. And they talked about it on Sunday night quite a bit, you know, with New Orleans. And because Green Bay was able to do their normal, you know, hard counts, it was almost like a home game for Aaron Rodgers, right? He was just, he had the Saints on their heels. They were, they they didn't know when to, you know, to go across the line or not. Mm-hmm. And Unlike a normal Saints game or you know Seattle game for for Dallas or something last weekend, they don't need to use silent counts and there's not as many false starts that way. And I don't I do think holding is related to that because if the defense if the offense is on the defensive so to speak when they don't know when the you know when they're going to snap the ball and it's going to be a little bit off they may not be in the proper position to block and then you get more holding penalties on on pass rushers. That's what that's the way I'm attributing it. Maybe you're right. Maybe they'll switch the officiating. Typically speaking, the last two seasons, the early games of the year have actually been higher penalties, not lower. So it's really an interesting flip from at least last year's uh, data. Um, But either way, I mean, we're getting all these crazy totals, still lots of points scored in the fourth quarter, huge comebacks, as we'll talk about in a minute. But, um, I mean, I don't mind it. It's a little bit more like arena football or college football, as they said. That's what they kept saying on the broadcast on Sunday night is that it's it's a more open format and it's just slinging around the yard, which really benefits some of these quarterbacks and, and their statistics. Yeah, I think there's some merit to the crowd noise factor, without a doubt. It's got to be a huge, uh, somewhat of a factor here. I also would like to touch on the point you mentioned is the higher scoring second halves. Mm-hmm. I think we talked about it a little bit last week. Some of these defenders are getting fatigued and that's creating some more opportunities for the offenses to blow it out in the second half. So if you're looking for an angle, maybe live wagers in game or even halftime totals going over. Right. I mean, you've got to obviously look at it, look at the early, I guess the pre-flop total first, right? And see if it didn't, it isn't on pace, then maybe hit it in the second half because it'll go over the you know second half total if, you, if you're seeing it's trending down. There are some teams that seem to be playing a little bit lower scoring, like the Chargers or somebody like that. But in general, it's hard to pick, like you said, even a team like the Patriots, which we trusted last year as an under team, they can't do it either. Part of it is defensive scores, too. you got to factor that in. Um, well, let's talk about some of these games. I mean, there were some incredible games. Sunday was just 
it was a wild Sunday. It was fun to watch, but certainly for us and our contest picks, our our hearts were jumping out of our you know chest there. The first one has to be that the Bills Rams game. Incredible football game. I mean, my guy Josh Allen for president. You know, he's obviously. I don't, we didn't look at the MVP uh, futures, but he's definitely my darling. Even though he's you know probably not going to win, but he's been playing incredibly. And what I put was that. You know, they were up 28-3 to in this game. They were dominating in the third quarter. The Rams, I don't know if they were just off or or what, but maybe the game plan switched. They changed to, you know, and I got to admit, Jared Goff looked pretty good in the second half. They rolled all the way back, scored 29 straight points, took the lead. Our pick was in jeopardy. We took the Bills minus 2.5 in this game. And thankfully, Josh Allen was able to complete a game-winning drive in the final, you know, seconds, really, with a couple penalties, I mean, the one penalty was a little questionable, especially down on the in the red zone there. But um, he came through in the clutch, made a huge play to Cole Beasley on third and long on their half of the field, and then obviously made the game-winning touchdown pass to um, the tight end in the in the end zone. This Bills team is legit. Yeah, definitely a uh, great win for side action in the contest. But I I kind of feel like that maybe we were on the wrong side there. To be honest, mm-hmm. even after the early lead that Buffalo jumped out to, the Rams really turned it on in the second half. And the one big takeaway that I'm gleaning from this game is that Buffalo defense is not quite as good as they're rated. I think right. uh, you saw the Rams just totally, they outgained Buffalo by 103 yards and 0.7 yards per play and a, a 1.5 yards per pass. So I think that... Um, Early in the season, you also saw Miami put up some good numbers against this Buffalo D. So that's mm-hmm. one thing I think that um, we should take away from this game outside of Josh Allen's masterful performance. Right, for sure. Um, just to touch on it, we'll talk a lot more maybe starting next week on the metrics that we look at. We do look at yards per play quite a bit. Um, you already heard Action mention DVOA a lot. Um, you know, Maybe you want to go over that really quickly because I don't think we actually mentioned it early in the season. What is DVOA stand for where are you getting that information uh dvoe dvoa is uh opponent adjusted um efficiency essentially i don't mm-hmm. remember exactly what dv is but it takes the each football team's efficiency on offense and defense and then uh look at it how they are on each individual play so it doesn't matter the score or the game time situation it just looks at their efficiency on a play by play basis and um, through the first four weeks, they have this algorithm where they use some of the priors or preseason expectations for each one of these teams. And then after week four, they start actually weighting the opponent adjustments. So it kind of gives you a little bit of a level playing field in terms of a rating system. Right. And in yards per play simply obviously is just, you know, a team is more efficient, right? They're getting more yardage. That usually means they're a better offense if it's higher yards per play. Um, we start analyzing that probably next week. I know I'm going to do my WEGS index starting after four weeks to try to look at some data to figure out what, you know, try to help us with this, these picks. But um, I know you've mentioned that in previous podcasts. I just want to cover that. Um, another game that, that we were actually on the right side to give action, you know, he was going homer, but it was the right call. Uh, the Lions, you know, they came through. They were a, a basically a five-and-a-half-point dog on the road at the Cardinals. They came through with the outright win, uh, 26-23. Um, so, I mean, your your idea of Kyler Murray and, and that gang just maybe they're being a little too fat and happy or or maybe the Lions just didn't want to go in three. 
Well, I think that the Lions defense has to get some credit in this one. You've seen a few of their secondary injuries heal up, and they're back in the field now. And Kyler Murray threw three interceptions in this game that were really the difference. And I think that this Detroit Lions team is a little bit spry, and I could see them making the play a little bit over the next few weeks, especially with that defense getting healthier. Okay, you heard it here. Uh, I'm, I'm always going to be reluctant with a Matt Patricia coach team, but but we'll see. They did play really well. They impressed us. They got us our win, which was the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other game that, of course, I was all over, you know, last week, but Ashton talked me off the ledge, and then I guess they'll stay on the ledge. It was the Packers going to New Orleans? Uh, you know, they the Packers to me in this game dominated. I know that the score was 37-30, but I didn't really have a doubt they were going to win in my mind. Rodgers looked great uh, he was throwing the ball over you know Devonte adams was out anyway it didn't matter you had alan lazard you had anybody else catching the ball and more importantly that i've noted you know drew Brees. i mean i don't know i mean he got some scores obviously but he was helped out tremendously by al kamara who had a, an incredible play that one screen pass or swing pass was insane but I just don't think he's the same. And uh, the Packers look legit. I mean, I know you could probably look at a, a letdown spot this week or maybe another week, but they definitely took control of the NFC and t- with that win. Yeah, it was definitely a statement win for Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers. Um, I was definitely wrong in this game, I'll admit. I had uh, New Orleans in a few different spots as well as looked under the total in this game. It was one of my bad calls of the week. Uh, I even had... I found a bet online the Packers uh, to score less than 40 points. I laid minus 500, and that was oh. a sweat because I thought the Packers yeah. might get there at one point. But uh, that was my only only uh, green check mark on Sunday night. Right, right. Well, let me skip this one and go to the other one since they were earlier games. Uh, you know, Tennessee and Minnesota was one of our other picks. We had Tennessee uh, two and a half uh, two and a half point favorites on the road. And this game looked like we had no chance of, of winning uh, because Minnesota, kind of like to my like non-statistical handicap, was I didn't feel like Minnesota was going to go in three. I did end up going the contest because I like Tennessee, but Minnesota was really dominant in this game. They had huge play after huge play. It really makes me question that Tennessee defense. And in the end, uh, Tennessee did come back to win 31-30, but as we've noted, they – they just kicked a bunch of field goals. They couldn't score when they got red zone, which ended up costing the game, despite Derrick Henry did have a couple rushing touchdowns. Yeah, this was a wild game. I, and Derrick Henry went off. Dalvin Cook ran wild mm-hmm. over Tennessee. I think you and I were texting during the game. The Tennessee run defense was one thing we really called out. Yeah. And uh, Kirk Cousins actually showed up, which surprised mm-hmm. me a little bit. Had a decent game. I think 250 yards, three touchdowns. Did have a couple turnovers again, which didn't help things. But the Vikings actually outgained Tennessee in this game, 1.4 yards per play more and 8.2 yards per pass more. So Mm -hmm. definitely an unexpected outcome. And I'm certainly have downgraded Tennessee a little bit after that one. Although now with COVID hitting the team, who knows what's going to happen to them. Yeah, it may help them out, but I, as you've noted, the Titans are three and zero. They're they're one of those three and zero teams, but they're zero and three ATS. And you know, it's we backed them at least twice so far, right, this year, yeah. and they, they've been two of our you know five losses on the season. So I'm glad they're sitting this week out. 
Uh, but you've also put Taylor Lewan is on the shelf. We'll see if he'll be back in an, another week or so. What was the injury? I don't know what the injury was. I saw him go out, I think, early third quarter, and he's certainly one of their um, highest priority offensive linemen, so he'll be missed. If Although with the extra week off, he could get back. Mm-hmm. Before we go into the Monday night game, we do have to mention our Patriots pick, which which looked good, and they, they look good. Uh, Patriots won 36 to 20. They dominated. They did go over the total action. Um, but, uh, you know, one of the things that I heard you know, during the week last week that I failed to mention is that Bill Belichick is incredible after a loss against the spread. So didn't feel too bad. But there was a little stretch there where we got a little bit nervous. There was a turnover. Cam had a couple of turnovers in this game. And uh, but thankfully, that defense turned it on and, the, and Vegas just didn't have it in them in the fourth quarter. Um, what do you got in this game? Yeah, again, another defense that I think is playing below their preseason expectations in the New England Patriots. They ended up covering this game by a pretty wide margin. But when you look at the box score, you see that Oakland actually outgained the Patriots, 0.7 yards per play and 2.1 yards per pass. And Las Vegas made a ton of mistakes, including a fumble inside the New England red zone and then scoring on only a field goal with a drive that started inside their other red zone and Mm -hmm. I think that uh, going forward you really have to question the New England defense at least compared to their level from last season right no question I mean they're not as good we'll we'll obviously see look at the truest test this week against Kansas City nice segue action thank you Um, the Monday night game was another situation where it was kind of a standoff and this time the AFC you know we, we talked about this you know getting giving Patrick Mahomes three and a half points on the road was kind of ludicrous in the contest and in general, but we kind of actually discussed off air, you know, maybe going with the Ravens here because we thought, well, we thought the Ravens were really good. Well, I don't know. Um, this Chiefs team came out guns a blazing. They they were really destroying the Ravens. They were beating this team so bad early. Uh, I thought that I don't know, not that they're going to take you know Lamar Jackson out, but it was just kind of be like, hey, let's just make sure he doesn't get hurt and. Um, so I don't know this this as I put on the note, a healthy Pat Mahomes. I guess Mrs. Mahomes, his mom doesn't <laughs> being called Pat. So Patrick that. Mahomes <laughs> and the litany of weapons. If they're healthy, this team is really kind of unstoppable. The only note I had was that Ravens are now 0 and 5 when trailing by 10 or more when they have Lamar Jackson under center. So it's just something to watch, um, you know, going forward. Yeah, definitely not a team that's equipped to play from behind. That's certainly a given. But I, another one I got wrong after we talked, I ended up on the Ravens laying the three points on Monday night, and that one never had a chance because Pat Mahomes was awesome. 385 yards and four touchdowns, and they went out and really proved it that they were still the class of the AFC. Right. I think it was another situation, too, that when you have no crowd noise in a situation where you have to pass every time in Baltimore— you know, you can't, the defense could just tee off, you know, and it wasn't like they were sacking them at will, but, you know, that Kansas City defense played very confidently in that game once they got up, and that's kind of the way that they're built. Spagnuolo's teams are always good at pass rush when they're up. Well, let's talk about some other positives from the weekend. Uh, you know, your guy, Russell Wilson, he's your pick, of course, for MVP. I guess he's most people's pick. Back-to-back five-touchdown games, man. That's, that's, that's incredible. Yeah, and I think you added here, should have been six, <laughs> DK Metcalf. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I laid an alter- or I went alternative total over 63, 
And okay. when he did that in the first half, I was just cursing because I thought for sure <laughs> that was going to bust my over 63. But it yeah. got there in the end with an incredible scoring barrage on both sides. Yeah, that was an amazing game, too. We didn't even talk about it. That Dallas team, I told you, they can score. Uh, they just don't – they can't stop anybody, unfortunately. And, and apparently they can't get an extra point. That was kind of what killed me. Uh, I actually did take the, the Cowboys in that one with the points, and, you know, they fell short because of those extra points. And then the two-point conversion by Seattle to, on their last touchdown really pushed it over. Yeah, um, that Seattle defense is – secondary especially they are in a world of hurt right now and i think this is a spot we might look for later in the show going to miami this weekend yeah a little foreshadowing uh we've already mentioned uh, josh allen but the note i wanted to say that through through three weeks he's actually eclipsed the great jim kelly in his 1991 season the uh, k-gun team that they had that went to the super bowl and probably should have beat the giants um, he's actually eclipsed those yards in three weeks so he is really balling i mean it's just as you put the bill's defense is not getting it done for him right now. Mm -hmm. I think I heard this week that Josh Allen's three games this season are his three career highs in passing. So <laughs> that tells you how he's playing this season. Well, you wonder, I did hear that he worked with, and I believe it's, is it Jordan Palmer? Is that the guy? Not Carson. Maybe it was Carson. He worked with one of the Palmers in the offseason <laughs> to work on his mechanics, to work on his reading, uh, maybe his touch. And I mean, there's got to be something to it. Maybe it's confidence that he just feels like he has more confidence after working with those guys. But he's definitely throwing the ball better. I mean, he's got digs too, but he's looking great out there. Mm -hmm. How about the Bears? I know uh, I actually, you know, sorry, America and my fans. I did pick against the Bears in this game with the spread, uh, thinking two and a half. It fell to two and a half. And we had we kind of communicated before the, the game started. I'm like, this is nuts. And I was looking great for you know three quarters or so when the bears were just rolling or getting crushed down there by atlanta but man this atlanta team can't hold the lead and and more importantly and this is a shout out to rainmaker who sent me this uh text big dick nick came in and uh <laughs> he just dominated man i mean he should have thrown five touchdown passes they had the one overturned by the by the um interception and then he had another guy i think it was anthony miller you know, was ruled that it wasn't a touchdown catch in the end zone. So they had like five trips in Atlanta's territory, scored on three of the five, could have scored on all five, and they won They won this game miraculously. Um, so it was just, you know, Foles obviously gives them a different element. More importantly, I think he just threw the ball up. I mean, that Atlanta secondary is atrocious. And, um, you know, what can you say? Well, I, the Falcons are dead to me. <laughs> That's what I could say. I was yes. on them as well again, and I can't believe that happened two weeks in a row. I still can't, I can't believe that Dan Quinn still has a job today on Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Bears certainly are uh, a little fugazi. Yeah. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, 3-0. and They're 3-0, and baby. Woohoo! Except they barely won two games. It kind of rolls into our negatives here. You know, the Falcons – unprecedentedly have, have failed on you know having 15 point leads in back-to-back -back weeks in the fourth quarter so dan quinn needs to go this is our dan quinn needs to go let's get rid of him let's put anybody in there i mean god bring back bobby petrino i mean i mean whoever uh i don't know what it is with this team but they they basically seize up and, and you could see it in the game even matt ryan he was making you know crappy throws on those last couple drives. He just didn't have it in him, and I guess they're just a front-running team. And once the train slips down, it's it's over. I mean, we saw it in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Yeah, 
no doubt about it. Uh, one of my negative notes this from last week is that the NFC East, oh, man, and I told you about this last week. I could not get on board with these guys. At, in three weeks, they're 2-9-1 and one against the spread, and one of those games was a head-to-head matchup. So one of the teams technically probably had to win anyway. Uh, obviously, I talked about the Cowboys missing the extra points at Seattle, but really the biggest loser in this division has got to be the Eagles. I mean, this team, I don't know what is going on. You talked about Carson Wentz. Last week we talked about bringing in Jalen Hurts. Something's got to change with this team. And, I mean, I do think the Bengals are better than expected, but that team is garbage. And and maybe it's the offensive line. I'm not really sure. Uh, What do you think about that division? It's just terrible. I don't think anybody wants to win it. I think the Cowboys are still the odds-on favorites. They have to be at this point. But I – the Eagles, you certainly feel like that there's something wrong there. I don't know if it's Carson Wentz. I don't know if it's an injury. But, I mean, they have to get – I still can't believe that they didn't even try a field goal at the end of overtime. It seems like they're just throwing in the towel on the season. Now they're 0-2-1. That tie is going to go real far. Yeah, exactly. Right. Well, they're only, a, what, a half a game out? Is that what it is? Or maybe it's a yeah. game out of first place with – the Cowboys and Washington with one win. Uh, we'll see. I mean, it'll, it'll, they're going to start playing each other. Somebody's got to win. Um, you've also put on the Giants here that they, <laughs> the Niners who were playing the JV squad, as you've written, mm-hmm. uh, outgained the, the Giants by 200 yards and 1.1 yards per play and 3.6 yards per pass. That's with Nick Mullins at quarterback. I mean, dude, the Giants suck. Yeah, Mullins ended up as the number two ranked quarterback on the week with 343 <laughs> passing yards. And uh, the Giants, that was, I bet on the Giants last weekend, and I'll admit it, but I certainly won't be doing that again. No, you got to see something better. Uh, my other negative note, I've kind of alluded to it, Drew Brees. I just threw some t- statistics here. Uh, you know, the other night, yards per completion, 9.93, which seems like, oh, that's okay, but a lot of it came on. Alvin Kamara's play, and it was yards after the catch. When I looked up the next-gen stats, his air yards were 4.6 yards per attempt. Now, that might not mean anything to you. You That's just kind of like I have to compare it to something. Well, he had zero attempts beyond 20 yards and five beyond 10 yards in the entire game. Uh, I know that Michael Thomas is out, but they have guys out there that can maybe get a little separation. I mean, uh, what's his name? Trey, what's his name? Traquan Smith. Is that his name? And obviously Emmanuel Sanders isn't bad. He can get downfield. I just, we've talked about it before and I like Drew Brees. I think he's a great guy, great NFL player. He's going to, he's going to basically have all the records in passing, but he's done, man. He just can't, he can't throw the ball down the field. And I think that's going to cost them come the playoffs. They might win the games, got a solid team, but I don't trust him come, you know, come January. Yeah, I think that they are certainly one-dimensional or two-dimensional, I guess, if you count the handoffs in the backfield. But with the inability to throw the ball down the field, defenses are going to get wise to them, and they're going to start playing up on the line and just crowding that space. It's going to be like a red zone up and down the field. Right. I did hear that Michael Thomas practiced yesterday, so that's certainly going to help their offensive prospects over the next few weeks if he's back into the team right the last negative note is just defenses we've kind of alluded to it that the scoring is way up but all these defenses are just garbage falcons titans cowboys looks like the saints too but even the packers i mean anybody out there is just not stopping anybody 
you know, we'll have to look at some of the games this week if we think some of these defenses are going to play better. Um, maybe it's a matchup situation, but at some point, you know, this has been three full weeks. Preseason's usually three to four weeks, right? So maybe, maybe this game we'll see something better. Maybe we'll see, you know, a, a step forward, but I don't know. We'll find out. Let's jump into week four. Uh, you know, do we want to cover all the games again and just do what we did last week or just select games? Yeah, um, we can go through rotation order and kind of gloss over any ones that we immediately want to pass. Cool with that. Yeah, we'll, we'll exactly. We'll, we'll pass the Sunday night game. Or I mean, sorry, the Thursday night game. You know, mm-hmm. that's airing tonight, so we don't need to talk about that. I, I will Let's admit talk- quickly. I bet on the Jets. Jets. Of course you did. <laughs> he has a problem, America. He can't not take it. <laughs> what, is, what number did you get? I did get plus three, and it's since flipped oh, okay. four and a half points, so certainly some closing line value. Okay, so you get, you get a little plus money. It's hard to say, man. I mean, Denver, you know, they, they were our contest pick last week. I talked you into it. I'm sorry. They sucked. Um, I, and I think that's more of a statement that Tampa's better. Tampa's yeah. pretty good. But, um, you know, the, the Broncos didn't play well at home, and uh, we'll see how they go. The Jets are atrocious, but I just hold your nose. Hope you, hope you get that win action. Yeah, don't plan to watch. <laughs> All right, so the first game on a rotation is Cleveland against Dallas. Uh, Dallas, as we know, we've talked about them. Their defense stinks. Cleveland, you know, okay. Uh, <laughs> they, they won again. They actually – it was kind of close for a while with Washington last week. We're looking at Dallas in the circuit contest, and it's a five-point favorite. I'd open around five and a half, so it's not that big a movement. Um, I don't know. I mean, 55 and a half is the total. That seems about right. These teams both can score. I guess the handicap in this game would be, can Dallas stop the Cleveland running game? And I don't know if I can answer that question as a yes. Originally, I like Dallas in this game because I think that they are a very talented team. I've talked about this for two weeks. But I can't really trust that defense. And uh, if they do the right script in Cleveland, they're going to win this game, aren't they? Absolutely. I I like Cleveland on the money line, and I like them a heck of a lot catching five points now in the contest. I think you nailed the handicap right off the bat. I don't believe that Dallas is going to be able to stop this Cleveland running attack. Right. The Browns are one of the top offensive lines in the league. And uh, I think I'm looking here. Offensive line, run blocking, they're fourth, um, third when they look at second level blocking. So I think that you've seen this Cleveland Browns team the past two weeks really just take it to their opponents with smash mouth football. And I don't think that Dallas is going to be able to match them. Um, Certainly think that on the flip side, Dak Prescott is going to be lined up for some success on his side. Right. if Cleveland can successfully keep the Cowboys offense off the field, I think that they can maintain control of this game. What are your thoughts? Well, I also think the Browns secondary, they have pretty good corners. I don't think they have great linebackers and safeties. Uh, you don't have a Dallas team that has a, a dominant tight end. And obviously Zeke is, is a great running back, but he's not a passing threat as much as like a Kamara or something like that. So, I think the handicap works out even better that way because it seems to me that as good as Prescott's playing, he is getting really good play out of his outside receivers. So I can get on board with this pick. We'll talk about some other ones because I, I do think Dallas is, you know, they are my pick to make the Super Bowl. Um, I think at some point they're going to start playing better. It may not be this week, though. Okay. 
Um, the next game we're skipping, as we've talked about, the Titans in, in Pittsburgh, they are actually postponed. We don't know when. I think it's just going to be a bye week, right? They're going to move their bye week or something. Yeah, there's a lot of chatter about week seven and eight, shuffling around a Ravens game, something. I haven't looked too much into it, to be honest. Right. I mean, it kills my fantasy. One of my teams, I have both Henry and Connor on the same team, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go to the next one. This is uh, We've talked about this team a lot today, both teams. Uh, New Orleans is going to Detroit. Uh, Detroit's going back home. They are a four-and-a-half-point dog at home. The total's 54, which I guess that seems about right. Um, do you think you're going to back Detroit again in this spot? I mean, they're getting points at home against, you know, the Saints that we know are struggling. Yes. You know me well. <laughs> he loves yeah. the – he's got a Detroit Lions jersey under there. I know he does. No, 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 under that shirt. Uh, I don't wear jerseys anymore, Wags. I'm too old for that. I do like the Lions quite a bit. I think that this New Orleans defense is just overrated, man. I expected yeah. coming into the season that they were going to be a lot better, and they're just not. I mean, 12th ranked in DVOA right now, but I think that's partially due to their preseason rankings because sure. the pass defense is not good, 21, 21st ranked. And I think that in Arizona last week, we saw a fundamental change with the offensive play calling. Namely, they put DeAndre Swift on the bench and – you saw a lot of Adrian Peterson and on Johnson toting the rock, and I think that changes this Lions team a little bit. Right. Well, we'll see. They got Galladay back last week. They did look better. He had a touchdown. Um, it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think the, the total makes sense because I don't think either defense – I know you said Detroit's playing better, but to me it's probably you know a Detroiter pass, uh, but I'm probably leaning more pass. I know you love Detroit. Um it's hard. I do think the the Saints, I don't know. I feel like they're going to win the game. Four and a half seems like a lot for a road game. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. And, and um, at the Raiders. I'll add, much like last week, I think this Lions team is an even stronger play in the first half. I found mm-hmm. them at plus three and a half in the first half, which I think is some pretty serious value. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right, next team on the card is Minnesota going to Houston. This is, you know, <laughs> the non-COVID game, which was maybe going to was off the board for a minute. Open at four and a half. Now it's up to five. Uh, Houston being the favorite at home, and I'm not showing showing a total. Is it like 54, 54 and a half, something like that? Yeah, I believe that's right. I uh, it's opened I at like 51 and a half, but you've definitely seen some over money hit the board this week on Minnesota and Houston for a good reason. <laughs> and, yeah, sure. Uh, um, it is up to 54 now. I'm looking at the odd screen. Right. This would be a spot. Now we we talked about backing Houston at Pittsburgh. We did back off of that luckily because they didn't cover. But they played pretty well. I mean the game was a it was it was a toss up. They lost by seven. Right. It was a a solid spot. I do think Houston's going to get this win. It's just by how many points. And Minnesota did show me something. And this is the uh, Kirk Cousins time slot as we discussed. True. Cousins also is known for having good games followed by stinkers. And um, so I would be okay backing Houston in this spot. Yeah, I totally agree. Houston has to be the side. I was a little bit shocked when I saw the contest number come out today because even now there's not a single book on my odd screen that is showing anything above a four. And to see the five come up, I was just like, what? Where did that come from? 
And I well, think it probably leads a little bit of an indication as to where the odds makers at Circa think that this number is headed prior mm-hmm. to Sunday. Um, outside of that, I think that you've got a pretty serious situational advantage for Houston. As you mentioned earlier, Minnesota had an equally scary week, I'm sure, with COVID tests. Right. And they were locked out of the facility all day yesterday and mm-hmm. didn't even get back to begin practice until this morning. So. Right. Even though Cousins is playing at 1 p.m., I think it's pretty well documented that he is a pretty serious creature of habit, and not having practice one day in a week, I think, is going to disrupt Minnesota, not only on the offensive side of the ball. We haven't even talked about their poorest secondary yet. I I think Deshaun Watson and company are going to have a big day, so I could definitely get behind Houston. Okay. Let's keep that as a maybe. Look at that. We're, We're agreeing a little bit this week. That's scary. Uh, the next game is, of course, a game that, that puts us head-to-head in a way. Uh, the Colts are coming to Chicago here. Uh, you know, B, B, BDN, as we call him, Big Dick Nick here, uh, is going to take – he's the starter officially in Chicago now. Uh, they're getting two points at home, uh, which is interesting. The Colts have played well the last two weeks after losing week one. Uh, the total is 44.5. You like that, huh, actually? Interesting. <laughs> Thanks, Rainmaker. Uh, but anyway, um, I know you're probably back in the Colts here. I just got to stay away, and not just because I'm a homer here for the for the Bears. I just don't know what to expect with Foles. I think that he's not going to play as well as he did last week, for sure. But the Colts, I don't know. I mean, they were two two weeks at home. They they look great. They look bad at Jacksonville. Uh, it is an outdoor game. I don't know if that makes any difference for Philip Rivers, the old man. Um, you know. I certainly think Indy's probably the right side here. Two points is is not a big total. I, when it was two and a half, I was feeling a little bit better for the Bears if I was going to take it. Um, two is a weird number. Uh, so I don't know. It's a stay away from me action, but I'm sure you have some thoughts. Yeah, I definitely love Indianapolis here. I think this number tells a huge story. I mm-hmm. was uh, listening to some content this week, and uh, the fact that the Chicago Bears are 3-0 and and playing at home, and they're an underdog against a two-and-one team, is it's only happened in three times in the last 25 years. This oh, position, wow. so the fact that Indianapolis was opened as a favorite in this game is a, a major story by the odds makers. And I think the Bears are just overrated. They are uh, the fifth worst DVO A metric at this point in the season for a three-and-O team, and uh, they're ranked 26th per DVOA. And Indianapolis is ranked number one on defense. I know that they have had a pretty easy strength of schedule so far. Granted, the Jets and the Jaguars and the Vikings were on their schedule. But when you look at the Bears, I mean, they played the Lions, the Falcons, and the Giants. The Giants. Giants. So equally poor strength of schedule. And I also think that the loss of Tariq Cohen is going to be a huge factor for Foles. So, and also not talked about this week, Frank Reich ha- knows Nick Foles very well from their time in Philadelphia. So mm-hmm. I think that there's a little bit of an edge there too with him sharing information with his defensive coaches. Okay. No, I, I, I hear it. I mean, I know, I, I know it. I know people that it makes sense. Right. But I just, you know, maybe the troops are rallied. They certainly played hard for Foles last week, a uh, big home game, even though there's nobody in the stands. Um, I don't know. We'll see. It's kind of interesting. Rivers, you know, is a local casino now uh, doing doing sports book. It's still a two and a half, which I think is interesting. I, I would think it would be lower than that, you know, money coming in on the Bears. So 
maybe there's a lot of people that don't believe in the bears even locally um, yeah, I do agree that there's some motivation factor from Foles. You saw it last week when they made the move. You could just see it on the sideline, the Bears' mm-hmm. energy level with Foles. In the, and it's clear, I think everyone knows, that the only reason Trubisky started the season was for pace. So. Yeah, I give Nagy some credit for that. I think he's a he's not a very good play caller, actually, but he was definitive when that happened. When, when he threw the pick in that situation, I was like, is this the time? I mean, come on, dude. I mean, it was a bad throw. He hadn't played that great anyway. Really, his best play was that 45-yard run when I don't know where any Falcons defender was. And he was kind of looking for somebody to hit him anyway. It was really bizarre. Anyway, let's get to the next game. We'll, we'll okay. come back to this. I respect your position. <laughs> next game is a 1 o'clock game. It's the Chargers flying all the way to Tampa. Tampa looks better. I mean, they obviously lost in week one. They, they won't come back with two wins. They're six-and-a-half-point favorites at home. The total's pretty low, especially in this modern NFL, at 43-and-a-half. Um, you know, Justin Herbert did not play well uh, last week, and it looked like they prepared for some of his stuff. Even though they had a chance to come back late and maybe even win the game, except that crazy flea flicker play between um, Keenan Allen and uh, what's-his-name, Justin Eckler, but they wouldn't have covered that game anyway. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I do actually like the number at six and a half uh, for Tampa now. I, I thought when it was seven, seven and a half, I could go for the Chargers. The six and a half certainly better for the home team in this regard. Yeah, another curious contest line here posted. Looking at my board here, it's seven, 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 seven and yep. a half. And they post a six and a half. So yep. another number that just kind of made me double do a double take. And uh, I got to be honest, I like the Chargers, mm-hmm. certainly above the touchdown. But now that you're looking at a number at six and a half, I'm not sure that I would recommend we play that side. I do yeah. think that Tampa Bay is in kind of a tough scheduling spot here. They mm-hmm. came off of a big road win at Denver in the altitude last weekend. And now they're coming home and they're laying points to a Chargers team who is historically great in an underdog role. So I'm not sure that I love the Tampa Bay side either. I would probably be happy to pass. Okay. We can totally pass. I, it's okay. hard for me in this game, especially that number. Um, and I do want to see if Tampa can beat a team. I think the Chargers defense is pretty good. Um, it was surprising last week that Carolina was able to score the way they did without McCaffrey, as we talked about. But mm-hmm. in the end, uh, I think that defense is still pretty good. And, and they're going to give them all they want. Uh, I mean, the thing about the Chargers defense is they have really good pass rush and you do not have an elusive player in, in Tom Brady. So mm-hmm. they're going to keep him in the pocket. They're going to hit him. We'll see how it goes. Uh, the, the couple more one o'clock spots, we've got Baltimore playing Washington. This is kind of a regional matchup. Um, so you've got Baltimore at 12 and a half point favorites on the quote unquote road. Um, even though if it, this was actually, this game was actually played, I think there'd be just as many Ravens fans in the stands. Mm-hmm. The total is 47. I've seen this this kind of spread go up and down. I, I mean, at Rivers, it's three and a half. Uh, it opened, I think, at what did it? The thirteen. I'm sorry, thirteen and a half. Okay, yeah. Sorry, not three and a half. Thirteen and a half. It opened at thirteen. Twelve and a half seems like a a favorable number uh, for Baltimore, as you talked about. It's kind of a weird contest line. Are you willing to jump back on board with the Ravens again? Yeah, I would be. I think that would be the only side I would look to in this game especially after that loss on Monday night to Kansas City. You've got to expect that John Harbaugh is going to get his troops riled up and ready for a victory to right the ship here. 
And, you know, like much like the Cleveland handicap last week, I think the key to beating the Washington football team is an offensive line. And yep. the Ravens certainly have that with the ability to run the ball and Lamar Jackson. Um, definitely don't like laying double digits. So right. I think we could probably find five better picks, though. Agreed. I don't know if you can hear this action, but it is hailing right here in Chicago. This is wow. a recording. It is coming down. And they're not golf ball size. They're, they're good size, though. You can hear the... Petter patter. That's great. Cool. Uh, <laughs> all right. How about this one? Arizona's going to Carolina. Very unique game. Arizona, a, a road favorite, three points, three points in this one. The total's 52. It opened up as three and a half point favorites for Arizona. You know, it's it's interesting. You know, they didn't play well last week. Uh, they played really well in underdog roles in the past. And Carolina surprised me last week. I, I kind of didn't expect them to play that well. Teddy Bridgewater showed me something. I don't like Arizona in this spot, but I don't know if I can back Carolina either. Yeah, I agree. I think that Arizona is definitely one that we would cross off here. If we mm-hmm. were going to play this game, it would have to be Carolina. And I like it a lot more with a higher number, three and yep. a half, four, that opened up earlier this week. Certainly more palatable, but... Um, it is a tough spot for Arizona flying all the way across the country, playing in the early time slot against right. Carolina. And Teddy Bridgewater has been very steady. Steady Teddy doesn't <laughs> turn the ball over. He certainly failed in some red zone situations last week in L.A. But I think that if we were going to be looking to this game, it would be Carolina. However, it doesn't sound like either of us have a strong conviction. Yeah, three and a half would have been a great number for me. You know, the three points is that's push written all over it to me you know and i not that i'm trying to avoid pushes but it's it's definitely possible in the contest so mm-hmm. let's look at the next one jacksonville cincinnati another kind of interesting matchup at the, the bottom of the afc cincinnati's they're three-point favorites at home so it's kind of the standard three-point favorite situation 49 point total this has been pretty steady from what i've seen throughout the week it opened at three as well I mean, I'm back Cincinnati here. I know you probably are back on Minshew Mania, but through two, the last two weeks, you know, Cincinnati's shown me something. I know that we were, you didn't want to get on board with me uh, against the Philadelphia team, but I mean, Joe Burrow, he's your guy. You know, you used to have his jersey. I guess you burned it, you know, when he went to the NFL, but he's playing pretty well. I mean, he's playing like a professional quarterback. They've used his offense in this situation. Jacksonville put up a stinker. So this is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking I'm falling for a trap here. You know, this is like a trap situation for a better because it's like Burroughs played well. Jacksonville sucked last week. I should take Cincinnati. Are you telling me to take Jacksonville? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) I definitely don't want Cincinnati. Um, First of all, I can't believe that they're laying points, certainly this many points to any NFL team. Um, Joe Burrow is still a rookie, and I don't think that he's ready to be laying the field goal at this point in his young career. And I really think that the media buzz has been kind of uh, overwhelming in the past Mm -hmm. two weeks. After that pretty good Thursday night performance, he backed it up last week with a tie, not a loss. And (laughs) I think that the media is picking this up and carrying it. You hear everyone talking about Joe Burrow, but the reality is that their offense has not been great. They're only averaging 4.2 yards per play on offense this season. And I think that this Jacksonville defense, specifically the run-stopping unit, is going to be something that Cincinnati's going to struggle with this weekend. And um, 
Another point, uh, Jacksonville is coming off a Thursday night game with a little bit more of a rest advantage. So if I had to pick this one, it would be on the Jaguars' side. Okay. We'll definitely stay away from this one then. (laughs) Not that I have to get Cincinnati either. Um, it's when I see when I see matchups like that, I'm like, ugh, two bad teams. Do mm-hmm. I really feel great about it? You know, it's not a scheduling spot that I love. So I like let's the find, let's find some more games. <laughs> uh, the last one o'clock spot is the one we kind of alluded to. Seattle's going to Miami. That's a very long trip if you haven't taken that before. Action. Uh, Seattle's a six-point favorite on the road. This total is 54 and a half, which seems pretty high. Um, you still got Fitzpatrick and Fitzmagic at the helm over there in Miami. He's played well. Uh, obviously, Russell's playing at an incredible level. This this game did open at seven, which of course I loved it at seven because I'm I'm looking at the Miami side here. So the more points, the better. Um, I think that Seattle's still going to get their points, but they their defense, as you've already talked about, struggles. Yeah, no doubt about it. And uh, on top of that. The Seattle injury list is lengthy this mm-hmm. week. A number of players that are either sitting out of practice or were limited participants. The tackles on both sides, Dwayne Brown. Um, their secondary is quite limited. Jamal Adams didn't practice this week, along with Quentin Dunbar. Yep. Um, even the running back, Chris Carson, sat out. DK Metcalf uh, got the resting veteran designation, which kind of... I thought it was strange, but uh, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I think that Miami is definitely a live dog in this game. I don't see and Fitzpatrick, you know, he's ready to gunsling it. Oh, he's ready. He's, he's ready he, for this matchup. He's looking his chops, looking at that Cowboys game last weekend. So I like it. I think that Miami is something we could lock in right now. I mean, he is waxing that mustache. He is ready. He's ready to be the swashbuckler and go toe to toe with Russell and. You know, he's he's only he's one of those guys that the team always rallies around and they didn't play what was it, week one, they didn't play great, but they played really well in the last two weeks. And um you know, I, I think that you know, I'm all on board, so let's do it. Let's lock it in. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> some four o'clock games here, uh some interesting ones anyway. The Giants are going to the Rams. The Rams are thirteen point favorites, a robust favorite at home. The total's forty seven and a half. With some heavy juice to the, you know, and that one, I guess, to the over or the under? Is that when it says minus 115, is that to the under or the over? Oh, you know, that's a good question. I don't know. Anyway, um, I just noticed that. So it opened at 12 and a half. Obviously, it's kind of going up. Daniel Jones and the boys, they really got crushed last week. The Rams look like juggernauts. Probably a good spot to back the Giants, but you know my position on NFC East teams. I I just can't do it right now. Yeah, I want nothing to be a part of this game. I would just be happy to pass and move on. I don't think that we could play either side. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Well, let's go to the next one. This is an intriguing one. Uh, Buffalo's going to to Las Vegas for the Raiders. Uh, Buffalo's a three-point favorite on the road. The total's 52 uh, that's right about where the you know the spread has been three two and a half three. I would have loved to see a two and a half in the contest and jumped on Buffalo, but we've talked about it a little bit already. It seems like you're leaning to the Raiders, and I wouldn't be against it. I do think them coming home, they're going to play better, and that Buffalo defense has been a little suspect. I'm not sure it's our top five pick, but mm-hmm. tell me about the Raiders. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this Buffalo defense is really drawing question marks in my mind. And it's a tough spot for them. They had to really hang on to win that game against the Rams on Sunday. 
now they have to fly across the country and play in Las Vegas in the stifling heat, presuming still going to be pretty warm there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that John Gruden is going to be getting them up for this game. This is a, their second home game. You saw how well they played in the second week versus New Orleans yeah. at home. And I think this is a good spot for New Orleans. Certainly agree that it's not one of our top picks, but um, maybe something we could keep in our back pocket. Right. I think you meant Vegas instead of New Orleans. But, yes, I think it's a good spot for them. Um, yeah, we'll see. Let's see if we've got another – if we have to decide between a couple games. Uh, the next one at 4 o'clock, kind of the premier game, it'll be a CBS game, is uh, New England is going to Kansas City. This is a matchup that's been happening for the last two, three years, and it's been epic, uh, both in the playoffs and in regular season. You're looking at the Chiefs at a 6.5-point favorite at home. It opened at 7. Interesting that the contest put it at 6.5 here. Mm-hmm. The total's 54. Um, I mean, I have a hard time not backing the Chiefs in this spot under 7. I think that they're humming on all cylinders. I do think that Belichick probably has some wrinkles for this offense that they haven't seen yet. But the thing about my worry about taking New England in this spot, I guess, is that you know, Cam had a great game against Seattle, and he did not look good last week. I'm not saying it's his fault, but it was just a different game. He wasn't playing that, you know, loose and free. Maybe he will this week against, you know, Mahomes because he's trying to step up. But I still think Kansas City's the team here. What do you think? <sighs> yeah, I I think you're probably right, but I'm not sure that I want to lay six and a half points in this game against Bill Belichick. Right. You saw it in the AFC Championship two years ago. I think that he and his son have good schemes against Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. And if there's any defensive coaches in this league that can shut down this Chiefs offense, I think it's these two guys. Um, I, the Kansas City run defense scares me a little bit. 30th ranked, yeah. according to DVOA. And you saw one Rex Burkhead have a big game last week. And I think that he and Cam Newton are certainly capable of some success this week. Um, right. I I think that the New England Patriots can only play this game one way, and that's to keep the ball and keep it a little bit more low scoring. So I'm not sure that you know. I think you might have talked me off New England. I initially mm-hmm. wanted to uh, suggest them, but I'm not sure that I want to back Kansas City either. Well, I did too. I mean, my initial pass is always, hey, New England getting points, uh, that many points is is an automatic, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of the way I've gone. I mean, we've talked about it in the past when we when they were in the AFC title game. I was all over New England. Nobody was on him. It's probably the sharp play. I just don't know. It's hard to stop this freight train. Now, now we saw, you know, obviously the Chargers did something, right? So mm-hmm. they did something. Yeah. So I'm sure that Belichick has dissected that film and and seeing if he can do it. Um, Well, we'll see. I mean, I probably could get on board with, you know, with New England if we had to pick one. But, um, I mean, I always like to have action in that game, to be honest with you. So I'm going to pick it somewhere. I just don't know if we'll contest. Um, How about this next one? This is the Sunday night game. Probably would have been more marquee if Philadelphia was playing better and and, you know, San Francisco had anybody playing anymore. But the Eagles travel all the way across country to San Francisco. Uh, the 49ers are six-and-a-half-point favorites at home. The total is 45. That's really been where it's at. It was at seven. You know, I see seven-and-a-half here and there. It's solid sevens from where I can see. 
you know, it's an interesting spot. Uh, the Eagles are in a must-win situation. The Niners have played very well on the road like they did last year, despite the injuries. It's one of these totally non-metrically based decisions. I'd have to back the Eagles here. I think they have to win this football game. So whether they do or not, it's kind of like Minnesota last week. If they want to be any contention for the division, they got to win. And uh, so I know that's probably not metrically sound, but that's my thought. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Them having to win is one thing. I think the bigger factor in this handicap is that the entire world is off of the Eagles now. Right. Nobody, no one wants any part of the Eagles, and I think that's what you're getting at. And that's that's the time where you really want to step in and back a team, and. I think that uh, San Francisco is a, a little bit overrated too. Even I don't know if it's going to be Mullins or Jimmy G under center this week, but uh, even after that performance last week against the Giants, I still think that this San Francisco team is a little bit overrated early on in this season and that you're getting an inflated number here, six and a half in the contest. Certainly would like to see a seven, but you could definitely convince me to be on the Eagles. Well, it's interesting because they, you know, the Niners played both the Jets and the Giants in consecutive weeks. Stayed out, stayed out, you know, out east, and you know, they were the king of kings of New York, I guess. And they did obviously lose the, the Cardinals in Week One. That was at full strength. So I don't know. I mean, the Eagles have played like crap, but maybe if they, like you said, are underdogs, maybe they get fired up and play better. I mean, they haven't played as favorites very well, so. I don't know. It's hard. It's it's one of those hold your nose picks, especially if it's a contest pick. But I think it's a little contrarian, in, in my opinion. Agreed. Um, the last no doubt. The last game on the slate is Atlanta playing Green Bay. Uh, Green Bay looked like world beaters, of course, on Sunday night against New Orleans. They're a robust seven and a half point favorite at home, 58 point total. So you're looking at the you know big big scoring here. It opened at seven. I see it at seven too. So it's interesting that this contest line is seven and a half trying to get you to take Atlanta, uh, but we know what you position on it. You can't do that, but would you back a bad number with the Packers at 7.5 on Monday night? No, I don't think you can take the Packers here in this spot. If we had to pick it, it's got to be Atlanta. You know, similar handicap to the last game. Mm -hmm. the, nobody wants a part of the Atlanta Falcons right now, and that's when you really should be stepping in and grabbing the points. But I I don't think we can do it. I certainly don't see it as being one of our top five picks. I don't know. Do you feel that Green Bay could be in play? It's just a bad number. I know that I, you know, two years ago I would have said, yeah, let's do it. I've gotten better. Actions taught me a little bit better about betting. And seven and a half is just a rotten number. And, and these days, you know, we can have another discussion another day about, you know, traditional numbers with the NFL and how that's changed. I think the – the true number now seems like it's six because yeah. so many extra points are missed or they go for two and miss or they get to. So seven doesn't even feel like a real number anymore. Seven and a half feels big. You know, it's, it's, it's like the old eight points, you know, you never take eight. So um, I, I don't think you can take it. And I do think the Packers are going to smash, but just to be safe, it's not a good play. Uh, look at the, you're, you're teaching me something actually. Hey, someone, you got to learn eventually. <laughs> Pretty soon you'll be the master. All right, right. Well, let's go over just the picks uh, in our Circa position. So this is week four of the Circa. Uh, as you know, this is the end of the first quarter for, you know, the Circa Million Two. 
if we somehow can sneak into the top three places, we'll win some money. It's not looking great. We're 10 and five, which is excellent, actually. Actually, we've done really well at 67%. It puts us in 212th place out of, you know, 3,500 or whatever it is. So we're actually doing really well this year so far. Uh, we'd probably have to go five and zero to jump up, and and you know even then we may not make it, but we certainly want it for the for the season long. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know we didn't talk about it before we're way out of the contention for the for the you know the booby prize. So unless you want to start you know picking really badly the rest of the way, we're not not in contention for the hundred grand. Um. No, I, I like our spot. I mean, obviously, being in contention for that first quarter would be awesome, but yes. I don't think either of us can complain about 67% through three weeks. No. If we keep up that pace, we're going to be right there in the end. No, absolutely, absolutely. No question. So we've talked about it. It looks like we both like Houston in this week uh, against Minnesota at home with the five points. Um, we're going to stay off the Cincinnati-Jacksonville one, it looks like, because they're both stinkers. Mm-hmm. Um, let's jump down a little bit. We both like Miami, and, you know, at home against Seattle, getting those six points. Um, the third game was Cleveland. Had? I oh. highlighted okay early on, and yep. also highlighted the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay, you know, I can get on board with those four. It means we got to pick a fifth. I mean, we've got a lot of them to choose with. Whether we go with New England with the points, uh, I don't know if I'm going to get on the Indianapolis bandwagon there. We do like Vegas a little bit at home with the three, uh, and Carolina getting you know three points at home as well. So there's some, definitely some to pick from as a fifth contest pick. True. Yeah, we have a lot to pour through this week. Obviously, like always, want to look at the injury reports and see what the latest breaking news is between now and Saturday afternoon. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking, you know, there's a fair amount of, of road dogs this week. You know, that's kind of unique. Uh, usually you're only getting three to four teams that are favored on the road. You've got, I think, six now uh, from what I can see. So it's definitely a spot that I like to attack, um, not just in the contest, for, but for betting purposes. It is hard to cover on the road, even if you're a really good team. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, that that kind of wraps up our episode here. I mean, we've uh, we've maybe figured out the technical difficulties. Action's got his new computer. He's looking great. He's well lit. I don't have <laughs> light yet, but I'll be well lit. My mom promises me she's supposed to bring it over. She said it was last week. Come on, mom. <laughs> Come um, on, mom. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get this together. Where we're doing a little bit, you know, a little bit changes with the YouTube, but definitely subscribe to the YouTube channel. Subscribe to the podcast. Send us comments. Send us likes. Uh, we're definitely trying to grow it a little bit. Uh, it's been fun to do the video. I don't know if you've enjoyed it. Yeah, definitely. It makes me uh, shower in the morning, so <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> no, I like the video. It's cool. Yeah, it's cool. We, we yeah, so it's uh, it's definitely different, but uh, we know our loyal listeners are listening on the pod too. So thank you for that, and we want to hear your uh, your thoughts. Um, and here's an idea that that Rainmaker gave me. I'm just throwing it at you now as we're talking on the pod. So he he, he wants to have like a like a call in line. He wants to get some questions from like randos. I don't know. There's so many people that listen to our podcast. I'm sure we get so many calls, but we could we could play the the message back and then answer the question. But yeah, so if people are into cool. that. We're obviously open to answering questions that you have, or if you uh, had a great pick, or if you hate us because you followed us, you know, taking the Eagles against Cincinnati or something. That's the kind of stuff we want to hear. Yeah, we could set up a Google Voice number. That's and right. Listeners could call in and 
whine and complain that we gave them the wrong picks and that kind of stuff. That'd be fun. I know. That'd be great. It'd be great. So. All right. We'll follow us at the side action as follow the side action pod at side action pod on Twitter. Follow me at Weg School on Twitter and Instagram. And you can follow me on Twitter at 31S Roberts. All right. Good luck in week four. We're, we're getting to the point where we can do you know, analytics and hopefully we'll be even more, uh, even better going forward. Yeah. Good luck to everybody and uh, stay safe out there. Make sure that you keep far away from any Tennessee Titans. <laughs> exactly. All right. Bye-bye. That's a wrap for this episode of the Side Action Podcast. We appreciate all of your listens and thank you for joining us. We'll see you all again next week on Thursday for some more hot picks and side action. podcast its owners and associates take no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the show hosts or their guests statements or show topics are not necessarily the beliefs of this podcast and opinions between talk show hosts may conflict individuals following the advice given on the podcast accept their own risk of losses from wagers made as the side action podcast its owners hosts associates or guests will not guarantee any advice given the opinions and advice given on the side action podcast is for entertainment purposes only Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Intro and outro and transition music credits. Song titles, Jerry 5 and District 4 by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.org. License under Creative Commons Attribution 3.0. Creativecommons.org backslash licenses backslash by 3.0.